With Fox's 911, the emergency is always on fire, sometimes literally. Here at dispatching the 118, I want to take it slower with a more careful approach. Look at every detail with the intensity of Sergeant Grant and the enthusiasm of Firefighter Buckley. Hi, I'm Mary, and I'm one of 911's most enthusiastic fans, as you guys know by now. Um, this is episode six, and I'm here today with my really good friend, Susan, um, who I've known my whole life and found out she was also a 911 fan. So I was like, why don't you come on the show? And so we're going to talk about season one, episode six, Heartbreaker. How are you doing today, Susan? I am doing all right. How are you, Mary? I'm good. I'm excited to talk 911 with you. I just never thought to even ask if you watch this show. You know, we like the same stuff. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, so uh, you've had a little bit of time to think this over. So who do you think of the characters that you most connect with or is your absolute favorite? I can't go with an absolute favorite because like I told you before, you know, I've been watching the show straight through. So I'm, I'm like current with where it is, but thinking about it and which one I may identify with most, I, I think I have to go with Athena. Um, she's just, she is that strong woman, um, but she's not unbreakable, but she hides when she's struggling and and just to be strong for everybody else and that's something I find myself doing an awful lot of I have no idea what you're talking about I've never seen that in you <laughs> but yeah I, I would agree you're definitely you're you're a mama bear you're definitely a mama oh, bear yeah. and that's totally Athena as well you, yeah, you know where I got that from too of course. Um, for those of you that don't know, Susan and I have known each other our whole lives because our moms uh, created an entire company together to house people with developmental disabilities after a state hospital closed. So we kind of both come from extremely strong mama bear type women. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, so it's funny that you relate to Athena because I relate to Henrietta, who is also another strong type. I was waffling between Athena and Henrietta because I really relate to Hen too. She'd kill you if you called her Henrietta. <laughs> she would, exactly. I'm kind of the exact, like she likes her, her nickname, <clears throat> you know, of Hen. But mm -hmm. with me, if anyone besides my mother calls me Mare, I about go ballistic. I will go ape crap on them because I'm like, do not call me anything but Mary. I am Mary, unless you're my mother, and then you can call me Mare. <laughs> <laughs> I would have but. never thought of calling you mayor. Never. <laughs> good, good. It's and I won't. Good for our friendship. <laughs> um, so honestly, this episode kind of brings up a lot of interesting feelings because it is a Valentine's Day episode. Um, yeah. And I love watching Valentine's Day episodes, but I don't like Valentine's Day. <laughs> I think it's an over-commercialized it, it really is excuse really is. to be over the top when you could just love someone every day of the year. Very true. <laughs> How are your feelings on Valentine's? Are you the same way? Um, fairly similar, although being a married woman, it is nice to do 
things a little extra. Like we don't go over the top. Mm-hmm. We don't go over the top. Um, one thing uh, at one of my husband's previous jobs, he worked with a bunch of women. And one thing he liked to do for them was to take in a box of chocolate for each one of them. Because some of them had some guys who just ignored it completely. So oh. I... <clears throat> Like, yeah, it's over-commercialized, but it's nice to acknowledge it if you've got that special person in your life. That's true. I I think, I don't know, I as I was watching it and Buck was, like, talking about how much he didn't like Valentine's Day, I was like, I, I kind of agree with you. But I do appreciate that he, when the pressure was put on, <laughs> he, you know, whether that was real pressure or if it was just, him realizing that there could be pressure if he didn't do something. I I do appreciate that he did, you know, go out and be like, okay, let me take her to a nice dinner, um, you know, and have a nice sit down meal where we actually get to spend time with each other instead of just over the phone. Right. I did appreciate that. Um, I don't think he was expecting to end up in an emergency of his own. (laughs) Well, I don't think Abby was expecting to do what she had to do. (laughs) If that doesn't spell love on Valentine's Day. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. I mean. Um, My viewers know my view on Abby and how I'm eh about her, but I'd like to know what your thoughts are on this character. She's very um, important to season one, so. Well, I... I, I loved Abby from the beginning um, and just even up, I mean, just even up to this point, you know, seeing her, she's, she's in a difficult situation with her mom and Alzheimer's. And, you know, I have, I have seen various people go through um, what it's like to have a family member with either dementia or Alzheimer's and it's tough and she's doing the best she can. Um, and I, and well, heck, I mean, she's a good 911 operator too. That's true. I mean, you know, she was, she's good on that side of things. And um, I, you know, I just always loved her. I was sad to see her go. Um, I probably shouldn't spoil that for people who haven't watched beyond this. But <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> like my viewers have all seen the show enough that, cause like we've talked about Eddie in previous episodes. I'm like, he's not in season one. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eddie, I love Eddie. But no, I I get what you're saying. Like on paper, she sounds like a fantastic character. I just think it's the acting choices. I I don't know. I just think that she comes across as kind of meh. But like her story is very fascinating. And I, and I like hate that I don't connect to her because I know what it's like to have someone that had dementia in our family. Um, My, one of my great aunts had it, you know, for years and I'd go over to her house when I go to see my grandmother, cause they live next door to each other, I'd go say hi to her. And she'd be like, well, my husband, Jaime. And then 20 minutes later, she'd tell me the exact same story about her husband, Jaime. So yeah. like, I know what it's like to go through that, but I just couldn't, can, I don't know. I just couldn't connect to Abby. I, and I tried, I wanted to. <laughs> and you know what? We don't always connect to everybody in a show. It, it happens. Right. So That's just how it is. Yeah. And it's okay. <laughs> You don't um, everybody in real life. So a big question for, um, I, I'm on the Twitter fandom. So a lot of, there's a lot of discourse between the people that want Buck with Abby and the people that liked Buck with Eddie, um, <laughs> that 
want Buck to be with Eddie. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, what are your feelings about Buck and Abby as a couple? Um, I think that while they're adorable, um, both of them are coming out of a point where they're not ready for that huge thing. And I think that may be part of, I mean, that's part of the reason why it didn't, I think didn't end up um, <clears throat> working. Melding, yeah. Working, melding, whatever. Um, and well, especially with, you know, what happens when Abby goes off. I mean, that's a huge change in her life and she needed to move on and, um, and Buck was just coming out of the realization that he was being quite frankly, an idiot several times with, with the fire engine. <laughs> I just, I Listen, just, if we're going for reality of a firefighter's life, this show is not it. <laughs> no, can you, can, I don't know. Okay. I'm sure it's happened somewhere. I'm, I'm sure. sure it has, but, um, but yeah, but, and Buck's young and trying to realize, yeah, yeah, they were at different stages in their life mm -hmm. and <clears throat> they I, better friends ultimately. Yeah. I, and, and I honestly think that's where I wish they would have stayed. Like I wish they wouldn't have tried to go beyond that. And I understand that some of that was put on Abby with the pressure. We see it in this episode. We see that pressure from Carla and her mom just mm -hmm. kind of being like, well, you deserve to go out with somebody because she was more than happy to just do a girl's night if Buck didn't say anything. Yeah. And I kind of wish that Carla and her mom hadn't pushed that on her because maybe then they would have stayed just friends and it would have developed into this we are helping each other through our own issues, but it's not romantic. So it's not going to end up breaking either of our hearts in the long run, yeah. which I think, I mean, yes, Buck needed to have his heart broken and stomped on by Abby to really <laughs> grow to who he is now. But at the same time, I was like, could he have gotten it in some other form? Like that sort of lesson in a different form. I think, I don't know but we're not the writers <laughs> we're not but sometimes a few friends of mine are like you should write for this show and I was like no I'm good like I like writing but I cannot write medical emergency stuff so like not work out <laughs> you know um, you have to even though some of it's inaccurate you'd have to know a lot right you do can, can I veer off to another medical emergency show yes. real quick? okay yes. ER have you watched it yes I love okay. ER. And do like, I have not seen the whole thing, but we're on season 12 right now. Mm -hmm. But um, do you know the story behind Michael Crichton and his history? Yeah, he has a medical degree. <laughs> he had a medical degree and he, and I love, I think that's why ER was so successful at yes. doing what they did because he had a medical degree behind the writing and he's like, okay, this has to be accurate. This has to make sense. This has to be mm. Yes, over dramatic, but at the same time, you still have to be medically accurate. And I think that's why ER works yes, so like, well. 
when I, like, I had seen his name cross the, you know, as one of the producers, mm-hmm. creators, and, and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, Jurassic Park guy, Congo, mm-hmm. you know, those I've read and seen the movies, but then I looked into it a little more because I was curious and I read all that. I was like, that makes complete sense, mm-hmm. complete sense. And anyway. I, I'm totally saying on this a little bit longer, but um, I watched this video recently of this medical doctor ranking medical TV shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was funny because like, obviously like down towards the bottom was Grey's Anatomy. Cause they're like, there's nothing remotely I know, accurate I still about love Grey's. They're like, <laughs> it gets your heart, but like, it's yes. not medically accurate. <laughs> like, you know, but then I was like, I was like, I swear to God, I said to myself, I was like, if ER is not in the top three of this, like, I think it was like 10 shows. I was uh-huh. like, then this doctor has no validity in my brain. Cause I'm like, eh, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. But it was the number one show. And I I've seen a that. lot of doctors say that they're like, if you want medical accuracy, watch ER. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you know, but it was a well, fantastic show. I love it. I have to say, I was <laughs> impressed with how well okay so I watch all of these medical emergency shows I was impressed with how pretty much all of them dealt with COVID mm-hmm. yes this this season um even um even uh not ER even Grey's Anatomy and you know they actually dealt with it and I thought in pretty appropriate ways and then it also opened the doors for them to deal with other issues that have been going on lately yeah, I honestly, I if we're getting back on the nine one one train. <laughs> yes, yes. Sorry, we could talk. No, 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 no. But speaking of this last season of of nine one one, I kind of expected them to do a little bit more with they COVID, were, and nine one one didn't probably really did. do it. But at the same time, they're also not like a hospital show, so you're right. gonna have to think about it from the firefighter, the police, and the first response and the uh, 911 dispatcher perspective so they wouldn't yeah. necessarily see all this like medical stuff related right. to COVID so I do appreciate though that there was masks and they talked about distancing and they talked about how things had changed because of this pandemic and everything yes. and I do appreciate and there's a lot of people on the internet that are like oh my god I watch tv so that I don't have to deal with real life and I'm like okay, but you can't just sweep it under the rug. Like you have to acknowledge it. Like, you know, it's like, I understand where you're coming from. Then if you want that, then go watch some space show that has nothing to do with real life. Like you can't have a reality-based television show, not touch on things that are reality-based, which would be this global pandemic. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Getting back to this. Back to season one, episode six. (laughs) um so we thankfully we get chim back in this episode and um (laughs) i kind of wish we would have seen a little bit more of him but it was nice to get to at least see his face um and i do appreciate that he had humor about it um i loved when he was like you know i missed you guys like a hole in the head and i was just like oh my god that cake (laughs) that cake cake (laughs) if you guys haven't watched the episode you need to watch it just for the cake alone because it is artistically hilarious (laughs) 
Oh man, yes. There's I, a there's a person's head with a rebar through it. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was yeah, that cake was fabulous and it perfect for Jim. And I felt so bad for him because he was like, I get the bar in my head and he gets the girl. What does he have? And it's just like, Jim, don't worry. Your 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 love story is coming. I'm like, oh, Jim, yeah. don't worry. Oh, no offense. I never, I don't even remember what her name is. And I just watched, rewatched the first. Like, Maddie. Of, no, no, no. The one that wouldn't oh, go to the, the girl that he dated in the beginning. Yeah. I don't even know her name. <laughs> Nobody remembers her. It's fine. It's like, I just, she abandoned him when he needed her the most. So that girl gone. She's fine. Oh yeah. I was like, <laughs> we don't need oh. to know her name, <laughs> but you know what? It's a good thing that didn't last. Since, you know, the captain was cooking for him. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Captain Nash. Like, yes. just, oh my gosh. Oh he man. <clears throat> does anything and everything for his team. And I, I do appreciate that, but I can't imagine how much stress that is for him. <laughs> oh, I know. God. And I, I know we're on episode six, but re-watching his story as I was mm-hmm. catching, re, re-catching myself up was like stabbed through the heart again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can talk about it because we do get like full face of it in the previous episode. And so like, yeah. this is like that aftermath, like we're finally having him in a way sort of address his family you know, he says to Buck, he mentions his wife, and that's the first time he's mentioned her ever. Well, and they leave uh, you at the end of the last episode of episode five saying that, you know, well, come on, we'll go back and I'll cook for us and, and I'll introduce I'll tell you. Yeah. And he's like, when they're like, who? And he goes, me. So I, you assume that he has told them what happened now, <clears throat> which I think was a huge step for him. <clears throat> because he was always held so back and you'd see him off eating all by himself with his little notebook and mm-hmm. well oh. yeah and um and I recently obviously I've rewatched all these episodes recently because I'm doing this but it's further on in the season that we find out what exactly he had planned for that book and um and I you know and that's heartbreaking as that's as heartbreaking as his story is and you know but you're you have to know his story to understand the 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 heavy weight of this book on him yes and I just you never would have thought with the way he is with his team that he is harboring so much guilt and so much depression and and honestly just he feels terrible and he feels like he's a murderer and I don't I mean I don't blame him I, I don't see him yeah. as a murderer I know it was you know it was circumstances and he yes he could have gotten help but at the same time he didn't know how to at that time right um but I don't see him as like a cold-blooded murderer it was an accidental murdering I guess you could say. I guess well and he mentioned at one point that the building was just a death trap in itself <laughs> Had the building been up to code and and correctly built, it probably would have been a lot less fatal. Right. 
I think, and I think that's why he feels so guilty too, is because he's like, I'm a firefighter. How did I not even I notice these things? Yeah. Um, and I think knowing now his story, when we go into episode six and we see him interacting with Buck as Buck gets ready for his date with Abby, that whole father son bond just comes in even stronger because you realize how much Buck, um, how much Bobby has lost. Yes. And people that have seen the whole show know how much Buck is yearning as well in this moment. We don't necessarily know why he's yearning at this point in the story, but we do know he's yearning because right. of the way he interacts with Bobby. Um, you can tell that he's looking for that father figure. He's looking yeah. for that person to give him the right idea to follow. Um, he needs that that kind of a connection. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And I, I I say it all the time. I love the Bobby and Buck relationship. That's one of my favorite things mm -hmm. about the show. Yes. And it's something that has stayed steady throughout the entire run so far. Like it hasn't veered off and disappeared or, you know, as Buck has grown, he's still turned to Bobby for that advice and that strength when he doesn't have any. Yeah. Um, and I, I, appreciate that continuity when there's other issues with continuity going on because <laughs> as we know as tv viewers continuity is not a guaranteed with television <laughs> it is not that's the truth <laughs> um but yeah so i love that they put in that scene with him and bobby getting ready for the date and he's talking yes. to bobby and he's like so I don't have sex with her. And Bobby's like, no, Bob, no, Buck, don't have sex with her on the first date. Like he's being yes. a dad. He's like, Buck, yes. come on, have sex with her on the first date. <laughs> as, as comical as the scene when it was still one of those that just pulled on the heartstrings. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you know, <clears throat> I, I love family moments. Um, they make me a little sad sometimes, but at the same time, I love seeing them because I have such a strong connection to my own family. And yes. so that is something that means a lot to me. So, but it is kind of sad when I see like mom moments and I'm just like, oh, I miss my grandmother, <laughs> you know, like things yeah. like that. I'm sure you understand, you oh, know, you miss gosh, your mom, yeah. of course. Um, the, oh, hmm. I <laughs> cry so much more watching TV. Mm-hmm. After, between after my son that one just triggered all of the the, the kid tragedies yes yeah um and I don't remember what season it was but the 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 typhoon or whatever the monsoon oh beginning of season two with the, the, with the the tsunami <laughs> yeah yeah the tsunami um <laughs> with Christopher in the water yes, Christopher. no Christopher Mm, I know you and I both have that strong connection to people with disabilities oh and yes he tugs oh my at my heartstrings always <laughs> yes yes I will be glad to come back and, and talk some Christopher with you later on <laughs> of course of course I will um, have you back <laughs> but that and then but then also after losing my mom the ones with the moms just turn the knife and run the tears yeah <clears throat> honestly the in this i didn't think it was going to affect me 
But in season four, when Henrietta's mom comes to live with them, or mm-hmm. Hen's mom comes to live with them, yeah, and she bonds with her grandchildren, and then like she ends up going to leave. At first, you know, they thought she uh, first she was just visiting, but then she obviously right. came to live with them, with them. But when she was visiting, and then she went to go to leave, and the children were upset and sad. I. I bawled and I didn't know I was going to bawl, but like, you know, I lost my grandmother this past year and I lost Kathy, who was my other mom. And so it was just like a lot of emotions swirling under the surface that I didn't realize were swirling there. And then when Hen and her wife, Karen, lose their daughter because she gets given back to her biological Oh my Lord. Again, (laughs) 911 knows how to go hard. And they go hard on the most subtle things. It's like, okay, you're not expecting them to really make you hurt with that that hug between, you know, mom and her kid or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Or that scene with him and her father in the hospital when she finally, in season one, when she finally goes to talk to him because um, he's dying. It's like season one episode, I want to say it's like the end of the season. Um her father she finds out that her father is in the hospital and she hasn't spoken to this man in years and um it could be beginning of season two I could be wrong but I think it was season one um and she hadn't spoken to him in years and she finally goes to visit him and she's like oh no you're right it was beginning of season two because she lets go of him and at the same time Buck is letting go of Abby so it is beginning of season two but she's like I'm letting go of that feeling of hurt from you and like that was a scene that I was just like why am I crying (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but you know and I also appreciate these moments because they do them at the right time like they do these little family friendship moments at the right moment between those hard-hitting emergencies or those crazy rescues that they do um and it's wonderful to see and i did we get no we didn't get any henrietta and athena this episode but i love seeing them because hen Hen went home to her that's right because hen went home to her wife because it was valentine's day and athena was working to avoid a valentine's day yes So um, let's talk about how Athena avoided Valentine's Day. (laughs) Well, yeah, she just walked herself right into quite the situation. (laughs) I mean, this girl took cruel intentions to a whole new level. (laughs) You know, and as I'm sitting there, I'm also feeling bad for laughing at the craziness of the woman because she's obviously very mentally sick. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh. I'm like, yeah, why, no. Like, right. Yeah. You, you feel bad about laughing, but like, in a way, I think you laugh to relieve the stress of it because oh, you're yeah. like, this is a very stressful situation. No this kidding. girl has cut up her boyfriend and super glued it back together. Can you, can you even? We should not be laughing at this, but <laughs> I just. I think what gets the most is, yeah, I mean, who, who would do that? 
I mean, I mean, you mean to tell me in your craft room you don't have a dead body that's been super glued back together? No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I could probably crochet the pieces of a body that I could Velcro to. <laughs> Oh, very God, interesting morbid. that it was in her craft room like yeah. that was her craft room and she's like oh there's a dead body but it's okay he'll be fine once the glue dries and I steal your heart <laughs> yeah because she was like I need to yeah she was like I he needs a different heart and I'm just like oh your wow heart. um okay we're yeah. going there <laughs> yeah well but this guy I mean not that he brought getting chopped into pieces and super glued back together on himself but he did bring the situation on himself mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to you know make plans with three different women on valentine's day like <laughs> well, i haven't been in that situation with a guy i've had a friend before that has made me feel like I'm the one who, for lack of a better word, is going crazy because they'll say something and make me feel a certain way. And then when I call them out on it, they're like, I never said that or that's not what I intended. And I'm like, those kinds of manipulations, I can completely understand mm-hmm. where someone is already slightly unstable as this woman could easily be driven over the edge by a manipulative person like I'm a I'm not gonna say I'm a hundred percent mentally stable because I am on um depression medication but like I am more stable than probably average I I guess I don't know but I'm decently stable and I was almost driven over the edge by a friend who was manipulative like that like I can relate to this woman yes I'm laughing at this situation but again it's because it's so out of this world that I was like, is this real? Um, but I can see where his behavior didn't help the situation. Oh, he create no. while nobody asks to be murdered, like you said. Yeah. He didn't create a positive situation here. No, he did not. He uh... oh my gosh. And he just kind of fuels my men are pigs. <laughs> mantra <laughs> men are pigs <laughs> for the most Quite a part few of them yes <laughs> there are some there are a few that are not but for the most part men are awful <laughs> that's just my take on that gender but anyway <laughs> there are quite a few pigs out there and I think all men have their pig moments but I also think all women have their bitch moments so <laughs> oh trust me trust me this is why I stay single because I can't get hurt by my, I mean, I could get hurt by myself, but I can't get men. I can't like have extra hurt put on me by somebody else. If I'm by myself, there we go. Yes. There you go. <laughs> That's the way to say it. Yeah. But no, um, I just, but it really shows Athena's strength because she gets tied up by this woman and still manages to walk away totally fine <laughs> because yep. she's a quick thinker and she knows how to, she has her own way of manipulating things. She has her own way of seeing a situation and knowing how to talk someone down, which a cap, a sergeant of a police force needs. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
she didn't get there by yeah she didn't get there by just sailing through her younger years of the police force (laughs) well and she's definitely proof that there are there can be because a lot police is usually seen as a man's world um and it's one of those careers that like if women are towards the top, they get chastised because they, oh, you must have done something to get there. Like, you know, like they're, but Athena proves that, uh, no, she used her brain and her strong will and her wits about her to gain what she has. <clears throat> she worked yes. her way to the top. She didn't do anything else. You know, she's a very strong woman and she deserves everything that she's earned but that yeah yes <laughs> there's so much truth to that and i that's another thing i love about this show is that the women are never portrayed in that in a negative light in that way like yes they make sure that everyone is seen as a strong individual no matter their gender their race their sexuality Everyone is strong. Everyone has the ability to be an independent marvel at what they do. Um, And I, I appreciate that. Like I've said this before on here that they have diversity, but it's not to fill the diversity quote, quote, quotient. It's there because they're like, this is the reality of life. Like this is, you're going to find firehouses with these, you know, types of people. Um, yeah. And they're always going to have their own issues, their own situations. Um, they're all people. They're all human. <clears throat> doesn't matter, you know, what walk of life they come from. And I love that. Anyways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, so and I think while we're still talking about Athena, I, I think we should also mention that she did get to have her own little Valentine celebration, but it wasn't like we expected. It wasn't a man that gave her love and attention. It was her children. She came I home was- and her kids had made, you know, this beautiful gift for her. And I just I cried and I don't even have children. <laughs> like, I, you know, it's um, beautiful. Although, did you notice that there was also a daddy signature on the card? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That, w- that would be such a tough situation to be in. Mm-hmm. But I also, I, that's another part of the show that I love is seeing that relationship continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but that was one of the things I was thinking about commenting on earlier is Athena still got her Valentine's Day. And I want one of those heart-shaped cookie cakey thingies because they looked delicious. They did. <laughs> they did. Um, like you said, that relationship between her and Michael is something that I did not expect the show to ever do. I honestly expected that once he moved out and had his own thing, he would just get mentioned every once in a while and like by Athena saying, Oh yeah, the kids are at Michael's tonight, you know, whatever. But because that's what a lot of shows do once characters get divorced. 
and the and the and the other half of the relationship isn't a main character right but beautifully this show melded together athena and bobby and athena's children and michael into one big blended family and i really appreciate that because they could have done athena could have become this nasty woman towards michael with every right because he did lie to her for many years um but i appreciate that they showed her growth in the form of being able to forgive him yeah being able to look at this situation and say okay my children deserve better because we're their parents and i don't hate him enough to cut him completely out of my life and my children's lives. Right. So he's not done anything to harm them. He's just told the truth about who he is. Um, And so she created this situation where they co-parent in a beautiful way. Yes. And he gets to stay around, stick around, and we still get to see him, and we get to see his children interact with him. But we also get to see him form a bond with her new husband. And that's right. beautiful in its own right. That's I mean, that like never happens. <laughs> that is one of the things I loved. Um, but you know, it's it is also Athena and um oh, his name just went Michael. Athena and Michael setting a good example for their kids. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we know that Michael struggled for years with who he really was. Yeah. And um, there are so many people in the world today struggling with who they are and not feeling like they can truly be themselves with everybody around them. And so, I mean, that... Mm -hmm. That in itself was while you saw how hard it was for Athena and yes, it was difficult for the kids, but watching Michael's, you don't see tons of it, but still seeing his, you know, how he's dealing with it once everything, when, you know, once they split, that's all said and done, but really finding himself mm-hmm. and being honest about who he is with himself and everybody else. Right. And you can see it a little bit um, early on when May has her overdose and Michael shows up to the hospital right. and he says, you know, I forget what his boyfriend's name at the time was, but he's like, he's in the car. And Athena was like, you didn't want him to come in. And she's, he was like, you could tell he was like, I didn't know this situation. Like, I don't know what to yeah. do. Like, I don't know how to approach it. I didn't think it was right for him to be here, which it would have been nice to see him there supporting Michael, but he, Michael does have a point. It was still fresh and new and it was not the best time for him to be introducing that guy into the other part of his life. Right. Um, But I do like that over time he, yes, he does. He becomes way more comfortable with himself. His children learn to know his current partner. Um, They grow, you know, COVID helped them with that because they got stuck in the same house as this guy for like so many months. Um, But it's also um, beautiful to see Athena let go of her anger towards him because it's hard on him, but it's also hard on her. And 
911 did this great job of building on both of those feelings and not ignoring either of them and saying both of these people have different feelings about this situation that are worth mentioning and exploring. And that's, again, one of the, I just, I love the Grant slash Nash family dynamic. Yes. It's it's beautiful. It is. And it, it took me completely by surprise when it happened. Right. But I would not want it any other way. Yeah, no. When she first started dating Bobby, I was like, hold up. <laughs> What's going on here? Um, I'm sorry. And I even like, I look back at my review from the finale episode of that season. And I even commented saying, I'm not sure how I feel about this. But like, then we go into season two and I'm like, you know what? I like this. This is good for both of them. Like, you know, it's like, it made sense because they both understand each other's lives. And I think that's what Athena really needed in a partner is someone that knows what she goes through and knows that she doesn't always want to talk about it, especially because she puts on, like you said at the very beginning, she puts on this face that says, I'm not breaking. I'm not breakable. I am strong. I am perfectly fine. Mm -hmm even when she's not fine. Um, And I think this episode really shows that she has that face because she, there's no way she was in that situation and she didn't have residual issues after being locked up by someone who was off their meds. Yes. Um, Did they, did they really start dating at the end of season one? Is it that soon? Yeah. They started, they started the season <laughs> at the very end of the season finale. I'm like just she shows up to it. She shows up to a date and we don't know who it is, who she's having a date with. I thought when I was first watching the show, I thought it was the black guy that she was um, caught with handcuffed to his bed um, where she like couldn't find the keys and she had to call <laughs> him in. That one too. <laughs> She dated that guy and then she had to call him into the bedroom. Well, she had to call him. And she'd be like, could you please bring me the keys to my handcuffs? And Hen was like, uh, she goes, we are not talking about this. <laughs> and I was like, I, that's again, another show of their great friendship. But no, yeah, they start dating at the end of season one at the very last like five minutes or whatever. And I'm just like, and then they go to fade to black and then we go on hiatus for like six months and we're like, okay, what's happening? What's going right. to go on? <laughs> <laughs> well, cause what are they, they've done through season four now, right? Yep. Okay. The, I, yeah. And I, like I said, I'm completely caught up, but it has been a while since I've seen this first season and now I, I'm like, I, I need to continue watching. <laughs> I, and the thing is, is that like, their relationship is so whirlwind to us because in a sense we're like okay well beginning of season two they were fresh and new and by the end of season two they were married right and we're just like I'm sorry that happened really fast but at the same time we don't really know what the time frame is for this show because they don't say I mean they kind of allude to it whenever there's an injured party in their you know in their team so like when buck has his injury they kind of allude to the fact that he'd been out for three months and he still had some time left to like 
heal and things like that. So like, okay, we're like, okay. But like in the grand scheme of things, we don't know how much time has passed since this right. show started. Um, I usually do the general rule of each season is about a year. Um, just in my head for my own sanity, because I'm yeah. like, otherwise I would lose my mind and <laughs> trying to figure it out. The only time I do differently is if they say differently, you know what I mean? So like, sometimes we know that it's only, only like a day or two has passed between the previous finale and the next premiere or whatever, but sometimes right. we don't know. But anyways, that was way off topic, more than I needed to say about <laughs> timelines on television shows. Um, but is there any emergency from this episode that you really enjoyed more than the other? <clears throat> we didn't have very many in this episode. No, there weren't. There was, let's see, there was the airplane in the beginning. Was this oh, episode? I forgot about the airplane at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched this episode this morning. <laughs> the fact that she said yes and then slapped him was perfect. That's true. That was good. Um, is this the episode where the guy jumped off his oh, his balcony? Yes, because the because the boyfriend came home. <laughs> so there was, and then there was Athena's thing. And then there was, um, there was technically Buck's emergency. <laughs> yeah. Buck's emergency. I gosh, I, you know, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I think I'm going to go with the guy. And the, so there's the woman who is divorcing her husband and has a boyfriend that moved in with her. And the boyfriend said he was going to be working on Valentine's Day because he was trying to surprise her. And she was like, okay, well, I'll have sex with my ex-husband then. And so then the ex-husband has to jump out the window because the boyfriend comes home. And I'm like, it shouldn't be the other way around. Right. And Except so I think the insanity of that one is just hilarious. And so I, just, yeah. I vote for that one. being the I, Yeah. I have to agree with that one. Although they weren't X yet. They were only separated. They're oh, only right. Divorced. They were only separated. You're right. You're right. You're right. They hadn't even divorced yet. <laughs> and, you know, I think what I love most about that is I think she realized she was being stupid. Granted, I would love to see how that storyline really played out. Did they really get back together or did she just feel bad in the moment that he broke his legs running from her? That's a good question. Um, let me call up um, right. Tim Minear and ask him and be like, yo, Tim, um, I'm very curious about a season one storyline. And he'd be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, let me my just goodness. text him. Let me just tweet him. Just be like, Tim, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, um, definitely... Yeah, I think that one. I mean, the airplane one, I totally didn't even remember. Again, I watched this episode this morning. How did I not, how did I already forget about the airplane? Like, maybe because I was like, no, bro, you don't do it like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't fake an air emergency to get a proposal to your girl, to propose to your girlfriend. That's just, that's yeah. not how that works. Okay. <laughs> There's better ways to do that. <laughs> 
so yeah when she slapped him like it was funny because like they're all like crowded around her and like you know buck's on the phone with abby giving her a play play of how this girl's reacting he goes i think she's actually going to accept his proposal and everyone's (laughs) just kind of looking at her like are you crazy and then she like says yes but then she slaps him and buck goes and she slapped him and abby goes well love hurts and i'm like That was that was funny, but yeah, the guy <laughs> jumping off his former balcony was really the best. And the definitely, fact that the fact best. that uh, Bobby and Chim knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah, they knew. <laughs> they knew. They were like, "Oh, we need okay. to." Because that's funny. Because she was like, "Oh no, um." there's no emergency here. It's just me and my, you know, boyfriend and Jim, Bobby and Jim just are like, can we look around the perimeter, ma'am? <laughs> Cause they yeah. noticed that he's in his clothes and she's in a bathrobe yeah. and they're like, mm, what's going on here? <laughs> well, and then the nine one one call as well, sir, why are you whispering? I can barely hear you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we also forgot. There's also the um, the race across town because there's the um, the, the heart. The well, she thought it was okay. a heart, but it was actually a kidney. Kidney, kidney. But that wasn't this episode. Yes, it was. No, wasn't that when Chim got in the accident? No, this that was this episode because she was oh, like uh, nothing like right. she goes. She goes nothing like delivering a heart on Valentine's Day, and the <laughs> and the nurse goes, "It's a kidney, ma'am." Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. That's right. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. But it's coming back to me a little bit at a time. Yes. <laughs> I Okay. I'm just glad I'm not the only one who forgets parts of episodes within hours of watching it. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Um, that's why I have to do my reviews like right after watching the episodes live because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember this. Mm-hmm. Or I take notes while I'm watching live <laughs> because otherwise I'm going to be like, I totally forgot to talk about this one thing. Um, but yeah, I think the only time that didn't happen was this week's episode of Miracle Workers, but that's just because I can't forget that. So, um, but that's totally <laughs> off subject. Are they on season two or season three? They're on season three. Okay. Cause I looked on HBO max. And there's seasons one and two. So I'm going to have to watch this because I need to see the context of what I saw on TikTok with Daniel Radcliffe. So each season is different though. It's an anthology series. So each season is a different setting. Sorry guys, we're going totally off subject. Um, But horror story. It's kind of sort of like that. So season one, the setting is heaven okay and season two the setting is the dark ages middle ages um and it's like a king with a with his subjects and everything and this season is Oregon Trail which is the 1840s so like it kind of goes towards current time but there's social commentary with every season so like you get current events in these older settings so it's really funny that's fabulous um I did not look at the rating. Not child-friendly, am I correct? Not really, no. Because there's some jokes that are definitely not (laughs) child-appropriate. But anyways, so do you have social media, Susan? Do you want to share your social media? I I can. Um, 
you know what? I have to look and see what my Facebook extension thingy is. Isn't that sad? <laughs> okay. So you can find me on Facebook um, with the slash Emma Rose 903. That's my Facebook. And then um, <clears throat> I'm not like very active. Where's, where's, okay, back here. I'm not very active on um, Instagram as far as posting, but my Instagram is Saxy Lady KS. Now that's S A X Y because I'm a saxophone player. <laughs> and you obviously have a TikTok <laughs> to peruse. I do. You don't have to share your TikTok, but I'm just no, saying you have a TikTok. <laughs> I do. I do have a TikTok. I have a but, TikTok too, but I only use it to peruse other people's TikToks. Right. So there's, yeah, nothing. <laughs> and all of you guys know that I am at DorothyNYC89 on Twitter and Instagram. Don't come find me on Facebook because you won't find me. I'm very private on Facebook. I honestly don't really get on Facebook except to talk to my mother. Otherwise she'd think I'm dead. I'm not a hundred percent sure how easy I am to find on Facebook, but I should be pretty easy on Instagram. What do I have you on Insta? I think you do. Okay. If not, I'll find you. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> like you got me. I love your Insta though. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean it. Hello, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So funny hello. story. So the story behind my Insta and my Twitter, it came when I moved, it used to be totally different. Um, and then I moved out east to, I'm originally from Kansas. So I moved out east and um, 2013 and everyone that I met when I first moved out to New York, I was like, oh yeah, I'm from Kansas. And they're like, oh, Dorothy. And so everyone started calling me Dorothy. And so I was just like, okay, I'll be Dorothy NYC. And then of course I was born in 89, but like now people see me on Twitter and they think my name is Dorothy. And I'm like, no, no. My name is Mary. It's in my little like <laughs> buy thing, like my info thing on Twitter. Like I, I'm confused. <laughs> um, I actually but... do have a Twitter too, but the only reason I got Twitter was to follow new kids on the block. Dead <laughs> serious. Dead serious. I am a blockhead. I am in love with Donnie Wahlberg. <gasps> Listen, it's fine that that's the reason you got a Twitter. Yep. Um, my yeah, Twitter, that one's, my Twitter's Emma Rose nine zero three as well. Okay, Emma Rose nine zero three. Yep. I thought about switching the current Twitter I have away from doing everything and like just make it my professional Twitter um, for Telltale <clears throat> TV, but I have so many fandom related follows on that Twitter that I'm like, I can't switch my fandom to a totally different Twitter. So I'm like, no. I might as well just keep them the same Twitter. I'm, I just don't tweet as much fangirly things as I used to. <laughs> I used to be all over the place with fangirly related stuff. And now I try to keep it somewhat professional. That works. <laughs> but I have a Twitter for this podcast. If you guys do not know, you oh. can follow the Twitter for this podcast. And it is at dispatch 118 pod. Um, on Twitter. So um, if you'd like to find us, that's where you can find us. And thank you again for coming on. Yes. Thank you for having me. This oh, was fun. Lord. It was so much fun. <laughs> I, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyways.